You do not have to be the world's biggest sports fan in order to recognize the name Simone Biles. What was already a household name going into the Tokyo 2020 Olympics is even more so after Simone made the incredibly astounding choice to withdraw from a number of her personal events at the Olympics, along with her team events. Today, we are going to be talking all about the Simone Biles effect. I'm Callie Youngstrom. This is Keep Yourself Well. I have been so excited to sit down and talk to you guys about the Simone Biles effect. I don't know if anyone else has dubbed it the Simone Biles effect, but that is what I am dubbing it because as soon as I heard the news that Simone Biles pulled out of her events at the Olympics, not all of them, but the majority of her events at the Olympics and made her public appearance, uh, you know, that she was struggling with her mental health, her feelings of comfortability in terms of safety, being able to compete. I knew this was going to have just an astronomical trickle down effect. I personally was blown away with how positive the media response was, which shouldn't be a shock, but I think generally the media response was very positive. Aside from one detail that I feel flew under the radar a little bit was the fact that she literally still left with a bronze medal uh, in her solo beam routine. And I feel like no one talked about that. It almost was shadowed by the effects that, you know, was a result of her pulling out of the other events and, and the team events. She literally still left with a bronze medal. And that is a point of contention for me that there wasn't more emphasis on that. But at the end of the day, I want to focus on the level of positivity and the positive results that I know are going to come not only within athletics specifically by having a leader like Simone step back and say, hey, I have to put myself first, but also For the average person, I don't think you need to be a professional athlete to relate to what I like to say, disappointing others with a no instead of disappointing yourself with a yes. I work with all sorts of women all over the world from all walks of life. And something that I see so frequently is this crippling pressure, often self-induced, but often external as well. And this fear of disappointment, like disappointing oneself, disappointing family, friends, partners, bosses, so on and so forth. And with that fear of disappointment, I so often see people sacrifice their health, both mental and physical to the point where I talk quite frequently about the fact that I truly feel as though I often have to give clients permission to give themselves permission to rest, to truly prescribe mental and physical rest for clients, not because it's not something I am always encouraging that rest and recovery and self-care and that balance, which I think is so crucial to being healthy and happy and well-rounded, but because most people are unwilling to give it to themselves we are in a really high paced 
success driven society. And I totally understand it, but that pressure can be so crippling. So to see someone who is at the stature of Simone, truly up on this pedestal, the absolute best at what she does with pressure beyond what the majority of us can ever understand pressure beyond just, you know, normal home life and normal career and partnerships. All of those things are valid. And it's really important, I think, to accept that your own level of pressure is valid to you. We cannot relate to the pressures that Simone or, you know, some of of her level is at, but we can relate to the fact that she had so many eyes on her. Honoring this decision that was going to be best for her mind and body meant letting down coaches. It meant letting down a team. It meant letting down a country. All eyes were truly on her. So to have someone in that position say, hey, I can step back. I feel like this is going to make me emotional. I can relate to this so much, not just myself personally, but also for all of these clients and friends and family who I love. And I just see them so unwilling to give themselves a break. So to have someone in Simone's position say, Hey, I have to step down is such a selfless move. It is so selfish, selfless. She was putting her team ahead of her. She didn't want to sacrifice bringing the team down a notch when there was the opportunity for the team silver medal. And she was risking disappointing a lot of people. I can only imagine the pressure that went into that decision. And I truly think probably the easy choice would have been just to do it because there were all of those naysayers who took the, why not just try, like just try and just see how you do uh, kind of, you know, approach to it. And that was some of the, you know, very little negative feedback that I heard. So when it comes to Simone's reasoning for pulling out personally, it wasn't just only having pressure and, you know, a tough mental health day. She also communicates experiencing something called the twisties, which was a brand new term to me as I am very much so not in the world of gymnastics. Although I will say I did have a brief stint as a child gymnastic instructor, literally teaching toddlers how to do somersaults and walk on a balance beam holding my hand. That's about as far as I ever got. And I can do a cartwheel. But um, so the twisties is something that is a very common uh, word, I guess, to describe what some gymnasts experience. And it's this like loss of sense of space and dimension when in the air, which as you can imagine, when you're doing multiple flips and spins and handsprings and the insane moves that this woman is able to do with her body is so dangerous, literally life-threatening. So to know, hey, I'm not in the headspace to do this is just so huge. She was consulting with physicians. She was consulting with sports psychologists, and she had a team of people supporting her and saying, hey, it's not right for you. And I think truly the easy thing would be for her to cover up what was going on, to pretend all was well. I'm sure that the financial pressure was huge with sponsorship, advertisements, just so much hanging on this and literally just the pressure of being called the goat. Um, Like she's a 24 year old woman. 
I just can't imagine the pressure of being in the spotlight at that age. And so the fact that she was able to step back and set this example, not only for athletes following in her footsteps who are constantly pushing themselves to injury, to burnout, you know, like mental and physical injury, but for the average us, I feel like that day, oh my God, <laughs> I'm just over here trying not to cry about it. That day, I really feel like this woman who already is, you know, an inspiration and I think a role model to so many, again, whether you're an athlete or not, I'm not particularly interested in gymnastics. I'm interested and inspired by really incredible, driven, successful people. And so she's clearly the epitome of that. So for us to all sit back at home and be like, hey, she is literally giving us permission to rest, to disappoint someone else with a no if we need to, to put our mental and physical health first. And I really, truly believe it was probably one of the most selfless things that she could have done. And I can't imagine the pressure that came with that decision and how challenging that decision was. Because at that point, everybody's focused on the sunk cost. You've made it this far. You've worked this hard. You are all the way in Tokyo. You've put all this training in, right? It's so easy to get hung up on that, but the risk is just so not worth it. What if she risked her career truly could risk her life, which I, I, say undramatically, like you don't have to land uh, the wrong way very hard to have severe injury when you're doing things of that nature. Um, And you definitely, I don't think need to be a gymnastic expert to know that. So I think that for both athletes and for the average person, which in comparison to some mobiles, I most definitely consider myself an average person, this sets a new precedent for us moving forward in taking care of ourselves, in realizing where our own personal limits lie. And the one point of contention that I mentioned I had about this is, you know, we all saw these headlines, like truly they went viral instantly that Simone was, you know, pulling out of the competition. I hardly saw any headlines about the fact that she went home with a personal bronze medal, not only went home with a personal bronze medal, but after pulling out of the other events and having all of this media pressure as a result of that aftermath, I think it would have been easy for her to just say, you know what, I'm just, I'm pulling out of everything. She's such a fierce competitor. She wanted to do what she could. She kind of tamed down what her original plan for her routine was so that she still felt that she could perform it in a safe and productive way. And she didn't push herself past what she knew her limits were. And I think that is so challenging. We are the only people that know our limits and it can be incredibly difficult to set boundaries with others because we don't want to have that disappointment. And you know, I see it with clients all the time and it breaks my heart because people are so tough on themselves. And of course, as you know, a health and wellness coach, when I check in with clients, I'm their safe space. And, you know, the joke is always like that personal trainers are also therapists. I don't necessarily consider myself a personal trainer in the traditional sense as I'm not training people one-on-one in gyms. 
but clients know that they can open up to me. And with my background in psychology, which was my first degree and, you know, psychology and uh, the mental side of things is a huge part of what I do in my coaching. Those conversations happen every day. So clients are constantly opening up to me about the challenges and struggles that they're having in their life. And I see how hard they are pushing. And it is just so unique to be a fly on the wall, to know what's going on in someone's private life, but to know what they're capable of pushing through. And often I'm kind of like pining them for them to, to give themselves a break. I'm yearning for them to give themselves a break for fear that they will burn out, you know, physically or mentally hurt themselves. So I think to have this as the new precedent moving forward really changes everything. I think it also changes things with coaching. I think it changes things with sponsorship, sponsorships, with brand de- deals, you know it. We have to be putting people first. And if we are constantly putting dollars first, we are never going to be keeping, you know, athletes and people safe. And it also does a disservice to everyone because you can't possibly be at your best when you're pushing through any sort of mental and physical burnout. And I relate to this so much personally, which is almost laughable because I was a high school wrestler. I wrestled for nearly a decade, but I put so much pressure on myself as a competitor. I was competing at a fairly high level, but it was, you know, provincial international level with wrestling, uh, from the like age of 10 to when I graduated high school and I burnt out at a very young age and it took a coach, my coach Russ Fersh, who to this day is, you know, someone that I just feel I owe so much of my success to because he taught me so much about discipline and drive and determination and resiliency and all of these incredible things that I feel I got personally out of wrestling, um, which I actually plan to do an episode specifically just about what I gained from wrestling at such a young age, but it took him recognizing that I was burning out and him forcing me to take a break. And let me tell you, that is a difficult position to be in as a coach. And now as a coach, I get to see it. Now, although Russ and I were very different types of coaches, coaching is coaching and it is such a unique gift and opportunity and skill. And I feel like one of the reasons, you know, I'm so passionate about coaching is having had a really great coach as a mentor long-term. So as a coach to watch someone who, you know, is working so hard and wants something so bad and having to be the one to say, nah, like we're not doing it. You need a break. You're going to burn out. You're going to hurt yourself. This is not worth it. I, you know, kicked and screamed basically at, I don't know, the first time this happened, I was probably under 16. Um, And it happened twice where he kind of forced me to take a break. And I will use this word very seriously. At the time, I felt like I hated him. And that was heartbreaking for him for sure, because he is the kindest man. Maybe one day we'll have him on the podcast so you guys can get a, a chance to meet him. But, you know, that was an incredibly selfless decision for him to make on my behalf because he was really sacrificing uh, how I was going to feel towards him. And he knew what was best for me and he had my best intentions in mind. And, you know, being a very young, 
blinders on athlete at the time, I was just so frustrated and, you know, I didn't know how to deal with that frustration. So of course I, I took it out on him and luckily he forgave me because we have a great relationship and, you know, I continued to wrestle under him for a long time, but I just feel like I can relate in the sense that I had such a moderate, like minuscule amount of self-induced and some mild external pressure compared to someone at the level of Simone Biles. That's why I say it's laughable. But for me, it was so big. And this is why I'm saying maybe we can't relate exactly to the pressures that Simone Biles is experiencing, but all of our pressures are valid within our own life. And it's important to keep that in mind when we are considering taking a break or taking a mental health day or saying, Hey, I need a holiday, whatever the case is, but setting those boundaries, we don't have to have the pressure of Simone Biles. We don't have to have the weight of the world on our shoulders. And if we wait until we're at that point, it's often going to be too late where then we really have to backtrack to get to that place of being mentally and physically well. So those pressures are valid for you, no matter what they are. And again, real life pressures are real. I work with so many busy moms, for example, who are trying to navigate so many different worlds at one time. There's only so many hours in the day. And I think it's so important to take those pressures and those responsibilities and that stress as valid and to still be comfortable asking for a break, saying no, asking for help. And so having this incredible role model to do that, I think really has allowed us all to now move forward, being more mindful and taking better care, you know, of themselves. So as a coach, it's something that I take very seriously. I want to do for others what rusted for me in that time to recognize this person needs me to tell them because they are not going to allow themselves. And this happened to me again, when I got to grade 12, I was about to graduate, go to university my whole life, um, really like nearly my whole life. I mean, 10 years of my very young life, it revolved around wrestling. I had aspirations to go to the Olympics when I was young. This was something that was always on my mind and at at the top of my mind is a goal was to wrestle the, in the Olympics. And let me tell you, like, I didn't even get close, but part of that, and maybe I never would have, but the opportunity in a way was taken away from me as a result of multiple concussions that I had suffered. I knew I was really struggling to recover from my concussions, my post-concussive symptoms were, were getting increasingly, increasingly worse, and I was also becoming concussed more frequently and more easily. And that's a really scary thing about traumatic brain injury, which we need to consider concussions as traumatic brain injury. It's very serious. I feel very grateful every single day to have recovered because I did not give my body time to rest. I pushed it. I had more concussions than I ever should have because I continued to put myself in a position um, to have the opportunity to potentially become concussed. And so when I went to start wrestling for the university, I was going to wrestle for the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. Um, there was an incredible coach on at the time, um, Todd Hines, who unfortunately we lost and just another incredible mentor, but I had to have a physical. So you have to have a physical to be able to compete as a university athlete um, and to be on the team. So I think I went to one or two practices before I had my physical and I knew that my concussions were going to come up 
as a part of this physical. They're obviously on my health record. Um, I've been hospitalized, taken in an ambulance for a really severe concussion at one point. So I knew that this topic was coming up and I knew deep down that I needed to quit and that I was going to ruin my potential for any other type of future beyond wrestling. If I didn't quit, it was becoming more difficult to study. I was you know, struggling a bit more with memory, things like that. And I really did have this fear. If I get one more concussion, like, what if I just can't, what if that ruins my potential career? Because female wrestling, especially, um, is not a financially abundant career. No one's, um, wrestling as a female professionally. And so I, knew that I had to be honest. And I knew that I was not going to quit until someone told me I had to. And so for me, that was a really critical turning point in my life because I went into this doctor's appointment and I knew that I could have lied my way through in order to continue competing. I knew what I needed to do to pass the tests. I knew the answers that I would have you know, needed to give in order to be cleared to compete. And I was honest and it was really difficult. I remember being on the, on the bed in the doctor's office, you know, just crying, being honest because he didn't even need to say the words for me to know that it was going to be a hard no, that I was no longer going to be able to compete. This was going to be the end of the road in terms of my wrestling career. I was never going to get the opportunity to wrestle competitively at the university level and then, you know, go beyond that with any opportunity for something as big as the Olympics. So in that moment, I had to be honest with what I needed. And a lot of it was having someone else give me permission to quit. And that was an incredibly challenging thing. So when this doctor, of course, told me there's no way and probably, uh, thought he needed to send me to a psychologist after that for pushing through as I had been, it was this huge sense of relief because I didn't have to make the decision to let other people down because I felt so many people had invested in my success. My coach Russ was the perfect example of that. He spent years with me, like, you know, honing my skills as an athlete and just as a person, you know, he really worked to develop this us and, you know, me and my teammates into better people because we were spending so much time training together, you know, at what was such a young age for us. It really was critical years and a critical experience. So I just have been thinking so much about this personal experience with everything happening with Simone Biles. And, you know, I'm grateful that I had coaches looking out for me, that I had a physician that was able to tell me no because it's also not easy to be on the other end of that. It's not easy to be the people saying no. So, you know, Simone having medical professionals and sports psychologists to talk to. And I also heard an interview with her coach where her coach was totally commending her, you know, saying that if the roles were reversed and it was the coach who was competing, that she doesn't think that she would have, you know, had the guts to do it essentially. And I think we really need to take that out of the verbatim when we're talking about, you know, mental health, we shouldn't need the guts to do it. It should be the norm. It should be expected. It should be the standard of care. It should literally be the minimum standard of care and expectation that we are all taking care of our mental health and our, you know, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual 
whatever type of well-being as number one priority. And I hope that eventually with these conversations of mental health, the words brave don't even need to be applied because it is just normal, right? Like it is just expected. Like, yes, she was brave. She was incredibly brave. And thank goodness for her, because I can only imagine the precedent that this is going to set. But I mean it when I say, I hope that we don't have to use bravery as part of the terminology when we're talking about something that seems as simple as putting yourself first in such a high pressure situation. So I am just so proud of her as a person, although I don't know her. It's a really unique thing, I feel, to feel emotionally connected uh, to someone where you can feel a sense of pride for them from afar. But that's truly what I felt. I mean, as a woman, as a you know past competitive athlete, as I mean, a current athlete, I'm not competing in the same way, obviously, but it just is a great reminder for me. And of course, as a coach, it just even more so reiterates the type of coach that I want to be. Because really, every single time I work with a client, they are putting their mental and physical health in my hands. And I say that very seriously. And it is a uh, responsibility that I take very greatly. And these are perfect experiences for all of us to pull on personally and professionally. So with that, I will leave you with that quote, just as a highlight. I think it is so much better to disappoint someone else with a no than it is to disappoint yourself with a yes. You are the only one who knows what your mental and physical limitations are, and you have to set those boundaries so that they are not set for you. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a new episode every Sunday. We've got an incredible guest coming next week. And please don't forget to rate and review so that it helps other people find us as well. Of course, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at KY Wellness. More details about this episode can be found at kywellness.ca under the podcast tab. As always, don't forget to move your body, nourish your body, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. See you next week and keep yourself well.